Welcome guys to Origin Gates Wisdom's Echo, this is Stephen McKee and today I want to speak about God's special forces. I've always loved reading about revivals, whether it's the, the Lewis Revival or different revivals in America or Azusa Street or the Welsh Revival and you always see the main players, the key players, for example the Lewis Revival, you'll hear the, the name Duncan Campbell or the Welsh Revival, it would be Evan Roberts. And, or in the Great Awakening, one of the names in America was Charles Finney. And it's amazing, these people need to be honoured. But what we don't often realise is people behind the scenes, the special forces, if you like, the hidden ones, secret warriors who have prepared the way for the revivalists, they prepared the way for the the people who went after them, who saw the results of their prayers, they saw the results of their groaning, their birthing in the spirit of their um, secret ministry. And I want to speak today a little bit about Father Nash. Now you've maybe never heard of Father Nash, or maybe you have, but the person you will have heard of is Charles Finney. And I always quote the stories of Charles Finney, like, for example, he walks into one place, a factory, and within a few hours the whole factory shut down because the presence of the Lord just fills the whole place and they all come under conviction. And suddenly they're all on the ground crying out to God for mercy. <clears throat> I mean, what kind of power is that? What kind of anointing is that? And other stories of Charles Finney, I love this one where he's he's just riding through a village on a horse and doesn't say a word, he's on a horse and within minutes 200 people are on the ground crying out to God for salvation. Now we read all that and we love the stories and we love the power and we love the glory of it and I do as well and we must always honour our history, we must always honour what God's did. But we don't often realise the secret to that power. How did it come about? And the answer is usually, in fact, if not always, there's been someone behind the scenes, secret people, if you like, hidden ones, like the two old ladies in Lewis, who prayed until all heaven came. And... We, we don't really know much about them apart from they prayed. And and yet there was many others as well. It wasn't just the two old ladies. There was others who we don't even know them then. But these are the heroes. And today I want to speak just a little bit about Father Nash. And the reason I'm talking about this will come on to you later. But Father Nash, and I want to, I'm going to be reading this out. So I'm reading this. This was written by... I actually don't know who it was written by, it was from the internet, so I'm not plagiarising, I just don't remember where I got it from. But it says this, In the battlefields of the spiritual world, the true heroes are often the unseen by the world. These are the ones often touched by heaven, who breathe the rarefied air of the secret place of the Most High. Such a one was Father Nash, a partner to the much better known evangelist Charles Finney during the Second Great Awakening. 
Daniel Nash started as a preacher in upstate New York. His record there is singularly unremarkable. At age 48, he decided to give himself totally to prayer for Finney's meetings. Nash would come quietly into town three or four weeks in advance of a meeting, gather three or four other like-minded Christians with him, and in a rented room started praying and bringing heaven near. It is reported that in one town, all he could find was a dark, a dank, dark cellar. But that place was soon illuminated with holy light, as he made it the place of intercession. In another place, as Finney relates, when I got to town to start a revival, a lady contacted me who ran a boarding house. She said, Brother Finney, do you know a Father Nash? He and two other men have been at my boarding house for the last three days, but they haven't eaten a bite of food. I opened the door and peeped in at them because I could hear them groaning, and I saw them down on their faces. They have been this way for three days, lying prostrate on the floor and groaning. I thought something awful must have happened to them, as I was afraid to go in and I didn't know what to do. Would you please come and see about them? No, it isn't necessary, I replied. They just have a spirit of travail and prayer. When the public meeting started, Father Nash would not usually attend, but keep praying in his closet for the convicting power of the Holy Spirit to fall on the crowd and melt their hearts. When opposition arose, Father Nash would pray all the harder. Once a group of young men promised to break up the meetings, Nash was praying nearby and came out the shadows to announce, Now mark me, young men. God will break your ranks in less than one week, either by converting some of you or by sending some of you to hell. He will do this certainly as the Lord is my God. Finney thought his friend had lost his sense, but by next Tuesday morning the leader of the group suddenly showed up, confessed his sinful attitude before Finney and accepted Christ. What shall I do, Mr Finney? He asked. Finney told him to go back to his companions and tell them how Christ has changed his life. Before that week was out, nearly all of the original group had come to Christ. In 1826, both Finney and Nash were burnt in effigy. The enemy recognised the threat of Father Nash's prayers to their ways of wickedness. How amazing. Shortly before Nash died in 1831, he wrote, I am now convinced it's my duty and privilege and the duty of every other Christian to pray for as much of the Holy Spirit as come down on the day of Pentecost and a great deal more. My body is in pain, but I am happy in my God. I have only just begun to understand what Jesus meant when he said, All things whatsoever ye shall ask in prayer, believing ye shall receive. Father's Nash, sorry, Father's, Father Nash's grave is a neglected cemetery, is in a neglected cemetery, almost on the border of Canada in northern New York. The tombstone reads, Daniel Nash, labourer with Finney, mighty in prayer. Daniel Nash was not written up in the papers of the day. The elite of his day took no notice of him. There was no 
sorry, there was no taste in heaven of this humble man. Like Paul, the demons knew him by reputation, and his heart dwelt fully the burning spirit of God, great in his reward in heaven. Great is his reward in heaven. People of God can be doing any less than to burn with such a passion to see God's kingdom advance. What a powerful story. Father Nash would go in three or four weeks before Charles Finney even turned up. So we can read the stories of Charles Finney turning up and the presence coming, conviction of sin coming, people trembling, people falling to the ground in their hundreds, factories being shut down. Like Charles Finney talks about how he had to even whisper because there was such power on his words that people were slain. They were cut to the heart in a moment, in a second, by the power on his words. But what about the secret forces? Like the, the British SAS, those who go in first, those who go in in secret and hidden this, you know, nobody even knows their name and they don't know their victories. They don't know anything about them. They just maybe see the consequences of the war being won, but they don't know what they did. And these people are the heroes. These people are the generals. And like the two old ladies in Lewis, these were the ones who prayed. But do you know there was another revival 10 years before that? In 1939 in the Isle of Lewis. And there was like women who were like Father Nash. Who carried the burden of the revival. Which apparently was an even greater, more powerful revival than the Hebridean revival in 1949. And apparently there was more mystical, the presence, the power. But these ladies, these women would pray in secret. And they were the ones who birthed revival in secret. They were the ones who were the secret heroes. And I guarantee, probably, everyone listening, you don't even know their name. You don't even know their name, but their names are known in heaven. And these women, actually, way before we've even heard about these things, would actually go to the meeting, the revival meetings, in the spirit. They would physically be staying at home. But they would... Go in the spirit to pray for the revival meetings. And God moved powerfully because there was men and women behind the scenes who birthed these things in prayer. And I believe that we need to see that again. People behind the scenes, like the secret agents, like the special forces who birthed things in prayer. Myself, Grant Mahoney, Samantha Mahoney, Jane Schroeder, and Emma McKee, my wife, are actually going to be doing meetings in Irvine, west coast of Scotland in September. And you can look in Facebook, look up my name, and you'll see the poster, or look up any of our names, and you'll see the poster for the meetings. We have felt a burden from the Lord to really start um, engaging, like by stepping out, to see real um, manifestation of God, manifestation of Christ, manifestation of signs, wonders, miracles. But we need people. Like, I wonder if God's calling you to pray. You can pray from a distance. Like Father Nash would actually go to the location a month before Charles Finney turned up. Now, you can do that, obviously. But obviously, you can go in the spirit like the, the, the ladies in the Isle of Lewis did. And I wonder if God's calling you to this. I feel God calling, not just to this, but maybe to other things. Whatever God calls you to do, 
You could be the secret agent. You could be the one who no one knows your name. And you think, well, I'm just bound to my house or, or I, I'm not... I'm, I'm not part of a ministry, I'm not part of anything, any church, or I am part of a church, but I just go there and I just sit in the pew or, the, or whatever. But actually, you could be called to a secret place. You could be being called into a deeper place, like into the place of prayer, intercession, into the place of birth and movements. Like the ladies of gold, if you've heard of them, it is said that many revivals, it was during the kind of the Second World War period, around about then, maybe just that and after it. And it's said that many revivals were birthed on the earth because these group of people, about 120 of them or something, no, it wasn't, it was about 70 of them, I think, run about that kind of number. But they prayed in secret. God used them to launch and release and birth revivals, but they weren't to be known on earth, none of them. And many revivals, you might think, just spontaneously happened across the planet, but they didn't really spontaneously happen. God had his secret agents, his special forces. And I wonder if God's calling you to this. I feel God calling me even more into that place, the secret place to pray, to birth things in the spirit, not to boast about it, not to talk about it, not to put it on Facebook, not to be famous, not necessarily to be known on earth, but to be known in heaven. And to birth something of significance, to birth eternal purpose onto the earth so that God, heaven, knows your name. The enemy will know you. He won't look at you and say, Peter I know and Paul I know, but who are you? Or Jesus I know. He will know who you are. So are you called to this secret place of prayer? Are you called to this secret place of birthing, of groaning? I've mentioned before for the past year or so, maybe longer, I've felt such a groaning in my heart, such a a longing in my heart. It's almost like it's not words of prayer. It's like your whole being is groaning for the manifestation of God's glory on earth, for the manifestation of God's dream, for him to establish his true ecclesia the way it's supposed to be built, not the way we've built it. And I've been groaning, and I wonder, are you groaning? Is God calling you to this secret place of prayer to be the special forces? And could you pray, if if God puts it on your heart, for these meetings in Irvine, Scotland in September, because we want to see a move of the Spirit, we want to see God move, we want to see the manifestation of God's glory and power, so that His name might be known, not our name, His name. This is Stephen McKee. This is Wisdom's Echo.